living longer and staying healthier. It's Healthy Talk with Dr. Michael Smith, MD. Here's your host, Dr. Mike. All right, so we're going to continue our discussion with Dr. Too Good and uh, focus, I guess, a little bit now on you know the things we can do to to begin the healing process so that our chronic pain can be gone in 90 days. Dr. Daniel Tugood uh, is a chiropractor. He's written four books, and the latest one is called Chronic Pain Gone, 90 Days. Dr. Tugood, welcome to Healthy Talk. Hey, thanks very much. So, oh. you know, just to just to summarize a little bit what we were just talking about, the, the, the chronic pain, what you believe, is, is really um, about three parts of stress, three stages of stress, or, or three kinds of stress that lead to a inability to heal properly, correct? And, and we need to address the underlying causes, begin that he- healing process, which takes about 90 days, and that's kind of the, 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 the basic message of your book, correct? That's right. So you, I found it interesting, you, you, when I looked at your book, Dr. Tugud, you start off immediately talking about these pro-inflammatory substances that we should just avoid at all costs. And two of them I found interesting, chocolate and MSG. Why don't we talk about that first? A lot of research is showing chocolate, especially dark chocolate, is good for us, but you're saying there's some compounds in it that could raise inflammation? Right, that's, that's exactly it. In fact, the, the foundation of my work is very, very simple, and that is uh, the medical approach is that, and most people have a mentality in this country that if something is wrong with you, like a chronic condition or blood pressure or whatever it is, there's got to be something you can take that will heal your condition. Uh, you know, a pill, a supplement, a drug, what specific food should I eat to be antioxidant or anti-inflammatory, etc.? My approach is the exact opposite. Since I base my work on the fact, on, the, on my belief that the human body is, will heal itself, it's a matter of eliminating specific pro-inflammatory substances that are feeding the inflammation. Once that happens, then the body will, the inflammation will proceed healing. So we talk about chocolate. There's a lot of research. In fact, that's one of the biggest questions I get. Well, what about dark chocolate? I thought it was good. All the research says this. My research is observational or uh, called anecdotal, and that is that what we do here, what I've done for many, many years, is let's try changing a few things and see what result we get. So chocolate, the bottom line is, is the most powerful pro-inflammatory substance there is. And so why do I say that? Because over the course of years of trying to find out what substances are causing this inflammation and eliminating them, that's what we see. So chocolate is, uh, it is related to the dairy protein in a way that I don't really understand. But the most common cause of chronic inflammation is a protein called casein, which is in milk and dairy food, which is milk and cheese and yogurt and all, all the dairy foods. That's where most fibromyalgia comes from. That's where most arthritis comes from. It's an inflammatory reaction to that specific protein that's in milk and dairy food. All of the, observationally, all of the patients I see who react to the milk protein with inflammation, psoriasis, or whatever it is, they also react to chocolate, only their reaction is worse. So the patients who are questioning that, I say, well, listen, let's do this. Let's take you off the chocolate and whatever else I think is significant. Let's see what happens. Once they recover, say, if you're really curious, and this usually happens accidentally, people will have some chocolate, and then they'll come and see me and say, i got a migraine for no apparent reason, or I have my back flared up again, or my knee, or whatever it is. We go over everything, we find out, well, it was your exposure to chocolate 12 hours ago. It's 
sounds really bizarre to people, but once they've seen the reaction two, three, four times, they finally realize that it's true. So uh, what I suggest in the book is that you don't have to believe my research or anybody else's research. You just try it on yourself. No, Dr. Tugut, I think... You, what you hit on is important here, you know. In 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 my listeners are, and because I've talked about this before with my listeners, that there's there's different types of research, there's different types of evidence, and like you said, there's anecdotal, observational, historical, and that does have a place, right? In 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 medicine, in in how we practice medicine, it's really the art of it. And you're you've done exactly what we all do as scientists: is you you've observed what goes on in individual patients, and you've come up with some ideas, some hypotheses. And I think that's that's awesome, well, and, well, and, and that's that's one form of medicine. When sure, and, and it's absolutely necessary with pain because pain. There is no way to prove whether a patient has pain or not. There's no imaging study. There's no blood study that says, "Oh, we know you're hurting." We have to trust the patient, and the patient has to tell us. So pain is purely anecdotal. So when patients come in and tell me they're hurting, I believe them. And when they're not hurting, I believe them too. Now, of course, that, again, is anecdotal. So I include in my, uh, uh, my book some objective studies that are photos of, like, a chronic inflammatory condition of the skin is psoriasis. And there's a picture of pictures of case in there that's totally recovered from the psoriasis by eliminating milk protein. So that's a very objective study. That's not anecdotal. That person can say they have psoriasis or don't have psoriasis, but the pictures show that before they changed their diet, they did have psoriasis, and after they didn't. Now, we didn't have photos following up on that of what actually happened to the patient after that, as they found out that every time they re-exposed themselves to casein, their psoriasis started to come back. Yeah. So, again, that, that's, that's uh, objectified by the photos. But pain is, is anecdotal. So we as physicians have to be trustworthy. The patients have to be trustworthy. We have to put our uh, nose to the grindstone and figure out what's causing these cases, whether the studies are uh, controlled, have variables, etc. You know, this is the serious work, and the anecdotes are extremely important, like you said, all of us use and and I think I, I want to impress upon the listeners, Doctor Tugut, is what what you're doing here is you you know for you chronic pain is where we're, we're the healing process is broken down, chronic inflammation is playing a role here. It's being fed by some of those stressors we talked about, which could be some of these pro-inflammatory substances. So in a sense, you're you're trying to you're trying to help this person um, to stop feeding the flames of that chronic inflammation, leading that chronic pain. What about MSG? You you talk about that in your book, but I thought MSG was already pretty well controlled and restricted. Is that not the case anymore? That's not the case, and that's a common belief, what you just said. Actually, uh, MSG is monosodium glutamate. It's a, it's a chemical flavor enhancer that's used in lots of processed foods, Chinese food, canned soup, restaurant soup, breaded food. It's all over the place. I wrote a book in 1997 about it called MSG is Everywhere. And the reason I wrote it and called it that is because MSG is everywhere. It came into the country in 1948 from Japan, and its, in use has, its use has increased every single year. The problem with it is that a lot of people don't believe that it, it has an effect on the human body, which it has a very powerful effect. And there's other researchers who have seen that. Uh, but they hide it under lots of different names, hydrolyzed protein, natural flavors, autolyzed yeast, yeast extract to name just a few. So processed foods contain this chemical substance, and not everybody has a sensitivity to it. However, it's a toxic substance, 
So if the dose is high enough, like with alcohol, then you will ha eventually have a reaction to it. And many people are very sensitive to it with reactions like panic attacks, mood changes, migraines, swelling in the hands, uh, mysterious bruises. These are all observational symptoms that I've seen in my practice. So it's a substance that, uh, you know, in my mind it should be illegal, but barring that, it should at least have a warning on the package that says this product contains mm -hmm. MSG. But actually, well, it, well, you, go ahead. You know, food manufacturers, though, Dr. Tugut, are getting really good at taking what we know to be harmful substances and simply just changing the name, right? And they get that's approval right. from our own government to do that. And that's where sure. a lot of people, you know, you, you don't see MSG listed on the label anymore, but it comes in as a, as a yeast extract or, or, or something like that. Real quickly, so we eliminate some of these substances. Give me your top two or three foods that you like us people to eat to reduce pain. Uh, again, that's an approach that, that uh, I don't really go into. Whole natural foods are the solution for everything. That's what we're designed to live on. And sure enough, there's some people who have sensitivities to some of those, like strawberries, peanuts, etc. However, um, it's the elimination of... Well, I'll tell you what, Dr. Tuga, we're just, that's, uh, that was a big question uh, for you. We'll just have to leave it there. Whole foods are the best way to go. Um, thank you for coming on. You did a great job. This is Healthy Talk on Radio MD. I'm Dr. Mike. Stay well.